morning, NBC News viewers. Thanks for checking out. <laughs> Hello and good evening. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We are the folks who are going to help you make sense out of nonsense, find the reason and the unreasonable, and find that method to the madness, because this is... Okay, hear me out. Wait, wait, hey, Bob, before, you, wait I, before you say anything, Aaron, I get... <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that NBC thing at the very end kicked in. I didn't real I thought it was just a clip of the DNC of Joe Biden winning the nomination video thing. That that was an official thing that we just played and watched. Um, oh yeah. No, I, I honestly in case you guys are confused, that wasn't a birthday party for a 100-year-old man in a nursing home. That was <laughs> A political party that has been in power in the United States of America, the richest country in the world, for uh, uh, well over a hundred years, and they basically broke out twenty dollars of party streamers and had forty people clapping on Zoom. Did you guys see that fucking atrocity before tonight? Like that? <laughs> this is one of the most insane no, things I've ever seen. It looks like a car commercial from the eighties. Like it's it looks Did like a local ad. Oh my god! Did you see any of the advertising for the DNC, like beforehand? It was uh, they're they're advertising as this big like hype, uh, sensationalized party event, and it was so stupid. What an entire shit show! And he just gave his acceptance speech, and he gave and and when he was introducing his speech to introduce Kamala Harris and all the things he was saying about her, is the exact same speech he gave about Obama twelve years ago, like. To the, like, word, almost. It's insane. I think he does have Alzheimer's. He just remembered <laughs> a speech that he practiced 12 years ago. He had a flashback and just started word for word doing a 12-year-old speech. I mean, they're both expert legal minds of color. So, I mean, you can say the same things about them, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's how they do it. Well, they have the same skin tone, so they probably are the same person. Diversity. Wow, tr and Trump's the racist, huh? Yeah, diversity is our strength. <laughs> Everyone thinks the exact same as me, but with different shades of melanin. Awesome. No, that doesn't sound like racism. Diversity of thought isn't our strength. Diversity of everything else. Diversity of skin color is our strength. No, you know, that's what, that's what they meant when they said that phrase. It was diversity of skin color is our strength. <sighs> oh. Bob, you're gonna... Looks like you've queued up the speech here. Yes, uh, for the speech he was referring to. Uh, we believe that here on the show that Biden just repeated a speech from 2008, the C-SPAN 2008 campaign, the Democratic National Convention. Barack Obama has worked his way up. He is the great American story. Senator Kamala Harris, she's a powerful voice for this nation. Her story is the American story. That work is more than a paycheck. It's dignity. A job is about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's respect. It's about whether or not you can look your child in the eye and say, we're going to be all right. It's about respect. It's about your place in the community. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay and mean it. My dad, my dad who fell on hard times. You know, my dad was an honorable, decent man. He got knocked down a few times pretty hard. Always told me, though, champ, when you get knocked down, get up. Get up. But he always got back up. He worked hard, and he built a great middle-class life for our family. And why he'll make college more affordable. That's the change we need. And where cost doesn't prevent young people from going to college, and student debt doesn't crush them when they get out. Barack Obama, Barack Obama will transform the economy by making alternative energy a national priority. An opportunity for America to lead the world in clean energy and create millions of new good-paying jobs in the process. And in the process, creating five million new jobs. With five million new manufacturing and technology jobs. For security, backing Social Security. If I'm your president, we're going to protect Social Security and Medicare. And he'll never, ever, ever give up until we achieve equal pay for women. 
with equal pay for women. Barack Obama. Barack Obama will bring down health care costs by $2,500 for the average family. Well, the health care system that lowers premiums, deductibles, drug prices. Barack Obama will reform our tax code. He will cut taxes for 95% of the American people who draw a paycheck. That's the change we need. Because we don't need a tax code that rewards wealth more than it rewards work. Folks, remember when the world used to trust us, when they looked to us for leadership. I'll be a president who will stand with our allies and friends and make it clear to our adversaries the days of cozying up to dictators is over. We will hold Russia accountable for its actions. Under President Biden, America will not turn a blind eye to Russian bounties on the heads of American soldiers. The American people are ready. I am ready. Barack <laughs> is ready. Well, the question for us is simple. Are we ready? I believe we are. And this is the time as Americans together, we get back up, back up together. Let us begin, you and I together. This is our time. This is America's time. This is our moment to make hope and history rhyme. It defines who we are as a people. And now, and now it's in jeopardy. I know it. You know it. You know, all elections are important. We know in our bones this one is more consequential. These are extraordinary times. This is an extraordinary election. And now history has delivered us to one of the most difficult moments America's ever faced. That's the America that George Bush has left us. And that's the America we'll continue to get if George, excuse me, if John McCain is elected president of the United States. Sorry, slip. Is if he's given four more years, he'll be what he's been for the last four years. Our debt, our debt to our parents and our grandparents is too great. Our obligation to our children is too sacred. For you, your family, your children. Barack Obama. Wow. This, this is the progressive party. This is the party known for their, their new ideas and pushing the agenda. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love, my favorite part of that is getting the exact number down. The same exact number for 5 million more jobs. It, it was the same 12 years ago as it is today. We're going to get 5 million more jobs, everyone. 5 million. Seems a little low. Well, man, <laughs> uh, you know, approximately 20% of that, maybe. <laughs> That's more in my wheelhouse. Good. Uh, oh, Republican president's uh, deleting, uh, personally unemploying 5 million people. Oh my so there, there was another part about that speech, by the way, that uh, he's being hounded for for uh, plagiarism from a Canuck. Uh, apparently the lines, love is better than anger, hope is better than fear, optimism is better than despair, which sounds like some like ast astrology like guru, like dumb bullshit that you hear in like a yoga class on Sunday. <laughs> Wait, who did he plagiarize that from, you said? Uh, a Canuck from um, uh, a guy from Canada, uh, Jack Layton, the leader of Canada's left-wing New Democratic Party, oh, back in two thousand eleven. Term is a paying homage to, not plagiarizing. Pay paying homage to. Oh yeah, yeah. Did did he send the guy a check? That's all I want to know. I I just can't believe he gave the same speech. He really does have Alzheimer's. He just went. He just. It probably wasn't even the speech they wrote for him. He just that's the only one he remembered. He just, like, <laughs> woke up like the Manchurian candidate and just thought ah, that, that's my speech. Woke up twelve years in the past in his mind. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. I really want there to be please God, please God, just let there be a debate between Trump and Biden. It's all I ask for. It will be the funniest thing that's ever existed on the entirety of the internet. Like I am so, so excited for that to happen. And they swear to God, they better not get out of it by pretending COVID's going to kill Joe Biden. Please, well, no, don't just wait. The, the, the moderators are going to do everything in their power to, uh, you know, put the debate in and questions and time in Joe Biden's favor. It won't matter. And the show media, the show media, the next day is going to come out with a, a thousand articles about how Joe Biden destroyed Trump. He won the debate. Won't matter. Uh, every single question. Do 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 do. And um, yeah, it's, if people actually watch the footage, it's not going to matter. Uh, so we're going to see we're going to have to see what actually happens in the I believe late September is when the first debate is scheduled for.
Dude, we haven't had so, uh, sports I'm in excited. six months. This is going to be like Gladiator Arena style. Like, this is going to be the most watched shit ever because we're just so starved for any kind of entertainment. And everyone knows this is going to be entertaining. I don't, I don't even care what the articles are. Oh, it's going to be so good to see Joe and Trump toe-to-toe. It's going to be like one of the funniest things ever broadcasted on live television. How many times is he going to uh, call honestly, him George Bush? <laughs> like, he's gonna. <laughs> well, no, he he ran against the uh, what McCain in uh, two thousand eight, and then uh, uh, Romney in two thousand twelve. So like, he might he might call him. The, I don't know. It's it's stupid. What do you guys want to do on a side bet here? I, I I'll put twenty bucks on the fact that before the election happens, Joe Biden will be caught on camera calling Kamala Harris Michelle Obama. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Even odds. I don't. Even odds. I... It's gonna happen. I... I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet against it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. There, there was even a clip of Van Jones earlier too that he was like, as long as Joe Biden came into this and he didn't make like embarrass himself on here, we we're gonna praise everything that he did tonight. It was just like, oh come on, guys. Did, did, did he embarrass himself? I, I haven't actually watched the DNC footage yet. No, he he was some way. Semi coherent, but it's because he did the speech he already knew from twelve years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing that uh, speechwriters twelve years ago uh, still did their jobs. So, hold on, give me a second here. I think I can actually find. You're gonna try to find that Van Jones clip. Yeah. uh, Isn't he the same guy that said that uh, Russia Gate was a nothing burger or whatever? Yes, yeah, uh, under, like, the, the secret cam or whatever it was. Okay, apparently I didn't archive yeah, it yeah. in my uh, in my feed here. Wait, what does Russiagate refer to? Oh, well, yeah. We didn't hear I've, I've didn't heard have Russiagate before. Wait, are you kidding me? The only what? thing that was on the news from 2016 to 2018, you don't remember Russiagate? Yeah, 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 no, no, no. But I, I don't remember them calling it Russiagate. So, so it's just Russian election interference and whatever and collusion. All, all, all of that, yeah. that whole narrative. Any, yeah. Any of the Russia is the you know they're the same guys from every 1980s action movie, and they're trying to promote that in 2020. That that stuff. The whole Russian yeah, narrative yeah, okay, from 2016 onward, the entire conspiracy theory that was propagated by the U.S. intelligence agencies along with the United States uh, corporate media and everything like that that turned out to be a giant fucking hoax. There's no evidence for any of it. You know what? We have done enough on Biden anyways, but and, and Russiagate. Russiagate is nonsense. Let's move on to our uh, some actually pretty funny uh, vaccine uh, info here. We got some news from Massachusetts rolling in. Really, yeah, very funny stuff here. Well, it's funny to me because I don't care what they say. Like, I'll never do it. So you're not going to school. You're not like just showing up on a college. I wouldn't campus send my kids to school. Like, have some class. Never gonna happen. They're they're homeschool. Homeschool your kids when they come out with shit like this. Stop being a slave. That's why it's funny to me. But yeah, go ahead. All right. I think this clip in Massachusetts, students will have to get a flu shot by the end of the year. And this applies to kids of all ages from daycare and pre-K through college. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Lisa Hughes. And I'm David Wade. The health department says it's worried about the upcoming flu season because of the coronavirus pandemic. WBZ's Christina Hager is live in Natick tonight with these breaking details. Christina. Well, David, the new requirement for a flu vaccine would be on top of the already existing 
uh, vaccines that all students are required to get to go to school. And the state's infectious disease specialists say this move will save lives and it will save health care resources. On top of all the COVID-19 troubles, you may as well cut one thing out. Natick mom Jess Montero thinks the Department of Public Health's new requirement, a flu shot for every student by December 31st, makes sense. Especially this year, I think it's one less thing to worry about if you get the flu shot. Hopefully it's very effective this year. And The new directive Hopefully. applies to anyone over six months headed to preschool, kindergarten through high school, and even college students. The usual religious and medical exemptions for immunizations would apply for the flu shot, too, along with kids who are homeschooled or college students who are remote only. DPH saying it's an important step to reduce flu-related illness and the overall impact of respiratory illness during the COVID-19 pandemic. But vaccines have always been controversial, and this one is no different. I think it's a good guidance, but I don't think it should be a requirement. It needs to be left up to each individual situation. 100% people should stop. What a radical. Believe, you know, and our country is founded upon individual liberty, and I still believe that in regards to shots. And for those wondering, <laughs> this new requirement even applies to students K through 12 in districts that are starting with remote learning only. Again, at least one shot required by the start of next year. In Natick, Christina Hager, WBZ News. Wait, did, did they say even homeschool and even kids that were learning from like Zoom calls and shit like that? No, it's, if it's oh. purely remote, then you don't Not have them. them. Okay. Yeah, okay. uh, I'd also like to point out, remember like a month or so ago when all those articles are coming out about how South America, you know, southern continent in winter in the summer, how they have had a uh, remarkably mild flu season, um, uh, presumably because of all of the social distancing and mask uh, mandates and whatnot. Um, so I think we have some evidence at this point that the flu season is not going to be particularly bad in light of coronavirus. And any thoughts there? I don't give a fuck. It's the fucking flu. I don't don't care. (laughs) I haven't gotten a flu shot in like 12 years. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, they're not going to force me to do it. Like, what is wrong with these people? Not only that, but if you are in support of a government office being able to mandate what that they can shove a liquid in a kid's arm, I don't care if it's the fountain of youth. The (laughs) fact that they are... Like it doesn't stop at the arm? The fact that they can absolutely <laughs> try to force people to put a liquid in your body against your will is insane. Like, that's insane. If you support that, you're, like, you don't belong here. You need to go away. Like, you need to go somewhere. Is that, that you, you don't have the right over other people's body. If where are anything the, else. Where are the pro-abortion arguments? Where are they now? My body, my choice. Come on. Come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, they'll come up with the most milk toast take. Oh, no, because then you're actually infecting my body. Well, I guess the fucking vaccine didn't work too good for you, did it? If I can infect you, then I guess you're not immune. So what the fuck is the point in the first place? So you can go get your vaccine. Leave the rest of us alone. I don't want the flu shot. I am never getting it. So, And I'm never with- sending my kids to school if that's a requirement. With the news of mandatory vaccines, even for the flu as of now in Massachusetts, uh, what happens if the COVID vaccine or, or some other vaccine has some negative side effects? Like, 
what do you guys think would happen? Uh, what, what are your recourses to having a bad reaction? Like, say if it like paralyzes you or something like that. Well, if it kills you, your family's entitled to up to $250,000 as mandated by law since like 1984 or something like that. I think it's 1984. Mm. Don't quote me on that. That's your max, by the way. Um, I, I say you just uh, pay some indulgences to Pope Fauci so that he could get you in heaven. You're, you're, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Called a contingency plan. Well, here, here we have a uh, little news article about what goes wrong with, with vaccines and what your recourses are. New tonight, every year, millions of people receive vaccines. These vaccinations are designed to keep people healthy. But sometimes things go wrong, and when that happens, patients can only seek recourse at what's known as vaccine court, a government program run by the Department of Health that compensates the injured. Investigative reporter Angie Burkunder takes a closer look at how it all works. If you've never heard of vaccine court, you aren't alone. The Overland Park, Kansas man you are about to meet had a terrible response to a flu vaccine and even became paralyzed for a short period. Effie Kamara didn't know this government program even existed until he heard about it from his friends. Tonight, Effie is sharing his story about rebuilding his life and what he thinks about vaccines today. Effie Kamara is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. He showed us his woodworking collection, amazing bowls and creative projects that look one way, but another angle tells the full story. That's also the dude. It's a start. It's a star. It's the star of David, and then it spells out David when he flips it. Gee, <laughs> hold on. Let me get out my. Uh, What's the, the Owen Benjamin character? Let me get out my Shylock Holmes hat and uh, really figure <laughs> out what uh, what's going on here. Oh, no. And as always, uh, uh, promulgating the anti-Semitism uh, <laughs> present in Shakespeare's The Mer- Merchant of Venice. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Let's get out our decoder rings, boys. Let's figure out what uh, Mr. Star David over here is about to uh, decode for us. The case with what happened to Effie a man who was hospitalized, even paralyzed, and doctors searched for days for the reason why. Some of it was very painful. Some was emotionally hard. In a matter of a week or so, he was totally unable to do anything by himself. From eating, going to the toilet, brushing teeth, talking, closing his eyes almost... He couldn't do anything. Oh, I didn't know what's going on. Um, I felt that I'm getting more and more paralyzed. Uh, more uh, things didn't work. Doctors died. Yeah. What uh, What region of the world do you think that accent comes from? <laughs> Sorry, I still got my Sherlock Holmes hat well, on. I'm he's trying to figure out. Carving Star of Davis. I don't know. Where do you think? <laughs> Well, hold on. He's explaining how he's mad right now because he he need he couldn't sue. He had to go to special boy court for his vaccine injury because he couldn't <laughs> sue them the normal way. This is a joke, right? This is you guys are just pulled, you, this is a, you set this up. This is an onion art. This is an onion report. TC TVS News. Oh my god! This is the most like. Hiddenly racist thing I've ever seen in my life, but I love it. Keep wait, going. Wait. Bob, can you play the part that has numbers in it uh, for uh, like money? Oh yeah, he's um, gonna keep going. from vaccine court. Yeah, I um, 
they explain a little what he came down with. It was a neurological issue. Usually you get it from surgeries and stuff like infections through surgeries, but the the hospital deduced that it actually came from the vaccine that he got six weeks prior to uh, his symptoms arising. So here we go. But there is permanent damage from the stroke. There were tough moments, especially when my dad had the stroke and he couldn't communicate. Effie and his family eventually heard about vaccine court. The real name is the Office of Special Masters of the U.S. Court of Federal Claims. It's all right, I'm going to pause right Special there. Special masters of the of the Office of U.S. Claims? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I have the page open right here. National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. What? From uh, yeah, Office of Special Masters. Because, like, aren't vaccines, aren't they covered by the, like, the annulments clause or something like that? Like, you, you typically can't seek damages from mandatory vaccines or something. If that's not the most gamma title for a fucking thing you've ever heard, the the Office of Special Masters, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, let's find oh out some God. statistics about the claims that goes goes through this special this special office. A no fault system for litigating vaccine injury claims. Said we were lucky to hear about it. I don't know if we wouldn't hear about it through our friends. What our situation would be today? It would be very different and very, very stressful. Since 1988, more than 18,000 petitions have been filed. Around 11,000... Wait, okay. So, the the claims start at 1988. I missed that earlier. Yeah, so it's been 32 years since... Maybe 88 when the law came out, you can't litigate and they have to go to a special court. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought it was 84, but... That might have been something different. That might have been patent law. Like, universities can patent their own discoveries. Yeah. So Even though it's publicly funded, which is fucking horseshit. That's over story. 32 years, 18,000 files were claimed, 11,000 dismissed. Okay, going on here. Then it were dismissed. More than 5,700 claims of injuries eventually Wait. led to compensation. No. So the, the, that. the problem 57, here... 57,000 claims or compensation. So there's 18,000 oh, yeah. petitions. What, 57,000 compensations since 88? They say 5,700, but on on the video itself, it shows 57,000 and counting. Oh, wait, wait, so it might actually be 5,700 if you... Uh, no, not with the... Am I, mess, am I messing things up? Well, let's look at the total number. I'll do some calculator math here for us. Let's look at the total Total money. compensation over the life of the program is approximately $3.7 billion. So, so 3.75 billion. 350,000 max each. D divided by 5,700. So what's the yeah. average payout there? 3750000000. All right. Divided by. Let's do 5,700 because that's a big payout. That'd be a $657,000 payout. Which then I don't believe that for one second that that's the average payout if it's fifty seven thousand, it's about sixty five thousand dollar average payout yeah exactly injury yeah which, which way that's realistic sense. yeah because it is law they cannot you cannot get more than a quarter million that's the only really awarded for death vaccine death and so if your max, family dies max quarter mil is all they're on the hook for maximum and so the average payout sixty five thousand per vaccine injury. All right. Hey, how do you like that? How much do they make a year? Billions? 
And they paid out 3.7 in 22 years, 32 years. 32 uh, years, yeah. That's what I was going to say. With the, the 3.7 billion, uh, I'm looking at um, transparencymarketresearch.com, and they have some stats where in 2013, uh, the vaccine market was, U.S. vaccine market was uh, valued at $12.8 billion. And um, they're yearly estimating. Or their total worth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the market value. So, like, that's not going to be total, uh, you know, income or um, whatever. But, you know, for that yearly over many years, the effectively they're making a lot more money to where $3.7 billion over 32 years is not going to be a Yeah, yeah, no, it's nothing for, for these companies. what they make. That's, All right. The whole thing's continue. a cash cow. Let's, let's continue this clip real quick. You may not realize it, but if you've ever had a vaccine, you've helped pay for that program. It's 75 cents for every vaccine, and that's how the program is funded. Here's a closer look at the number of claims patients have filed with the vaccine compensation program during the past 15 years. Things really hit a peak about a decade ago and then leveled off. Of course, not every claim is awarded money. This is a look at cases where injuries led to compensation by year. In the past few years, the numbers have jumped to the highest levels. It's been more than 600 cases per year. Yeah. So in 2003, it was like 60 cases. And in 2018, it was like almost 700 cases that have got awarded compensation. Got awarded money. Yeah. So it's, it's just been... people, more people knowing about it or, uh, or were, like there, there have been more, um, uh, vaccine uh, i don't know maybe or, the, the you, propaganda of getting your flu vaccine shot every fucking year has like reached a peak you know what i mean like i don't know when was the last time you told like a random stranger that you don't you don't get a flu shot every year like i told one person and they looked at me like i was a fucking nut job well the I, honestly in 2003 the internet was pretty much still brand new like you yeah. didn't use it for everything and like i wouldn't i wouldn't have Questioned vaccines, shit. Even like four, five, four years ago, I wouldn't have questioned them even a little bit. And then you know, then you start looking at actual laws that they've lobbied to have passed, and you're like, oh, this is obviously a money making scam, and they don't give a shit what they pump into you. And the fact that they're only liable for a quarter mil, no, not not yeah. putting it in my body anymore. That part is, you are insane if you agree to that. Yeah, I'll write up my own terms. You give me the vaccine, but if but this you're liable for you're liable to be sued in a regular lawsuit. No, you know they see how fast they don't give you that vaccine. They would never agree to that. They're protected so well. I, I wonder how many uh, treat treatments or like I wonder if there's the, the case that something's classified as a vaccine when it traditionally might not be in order to uh, have less regulation and less liability. No, they, they might as well have it be classified as a vaccine because you are ironclad, not liable for shit. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. I wonder if people are using that as a, I wonder if like pharma companies are using that as a loophole for uh, developing and selling certain types of treatment. Oh. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they, uh, that'll be something to look up. I, I don't know. Um, this isn't cancer treatment. This is an experimental cancer vaccine. You can't sue us when exactly. you grow a tumor on your dick. All right, let's let's finish out this little news bit here. See what they have to say about everything. It's about a minute left. Yeah, I was. Oh, let me guess. A uh, Jewish guy that wants to sue for vaccine money. I'm guessing he loves them. He loves the the vaccines are amazing, and uh, you know, thank God for science and helping him out. Even though he was paralyzed for a year or something, 
Yeah, go ahead. I'm sure. Effie's family has not changed their outlook on vaccines. They are grateful for a streamlined government program, which compensated them for an incredibly rare side effect. (sighs) Everything in life has side effects, whether you get on the road and you might be in a car accident or you take an Advil and it's bad for your liver. Yeah, a car accident is a side effect of a drug. Let's just... (laughs) (laughs) Also, how, how much Tyl- How much did Tylenol pay her to slander Advil, Advil like that? Mm. <laughs> so you always have to know the good and the bad, and I think vaccines for society are really good. Effie's life is different today and a bit slower. He no longer has the fine motor skills to carve his beloved wood, but he's grateful for his recovery. His one That's passion good. in life. We'll keep digging into your medical oh, concerns. <laughs> We're looking at how people that are girl's analogy sucks, me. by the way. That girl's analogy sucks because she's like, well, there's risks for everything, even like driving a car. The It's not that I, I I assume that there's risk driving a car. I'll accept that risk, just like I might have with a vaccine. But then if they mandated that, oh, uh, now there's tanks driving around. But if a tank runs you over, that they're not liable for any damages done to you then I might have a different view about driving. And then they say, no, 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 you have to drive in the tank lane. We're going to also mandate that you have to drive in the tank lane. They're not going to hurt you. They're just The tanks are just trying to get to where they're going. They're not trying to run you over. But they're not liable if they do run you over. It's kind of the same situation. That'd be a more a closer analogy to what's happening and why I'm against fucking vaccines than what her stupid analogy was, that everything's a risk. All right, the last vaccine news that we have for the show is from CNN. COVID-19 vaccine trials have been slow to recruit black and Latino people, and that could delay the (laughs) vaccine. (laughs) Boy, I really think we we should just start rounding them up and start testing them. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah. Oh God. What about the ones in cages? What about the ones in Tuskegee, uh, Tuskegee, Alabama? I wonder how quick they're or Missouri, wherever. Whoa, 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 whoa! Quick they are. Those weren't vaccines. Don't put uh, uh, syphilis on the same level as a vaccine. Oh, they claimed it was a syphilis vaccine, though. (laughs) And they were just they were treating them, them. and they were just (laughs) injecting them with syphilis, and then and then it was just then it was just placebo for like 30 years just to see what would happen for 30 years they had to live with syphilis insane oh my god you're saying there was a there there was and possibly still is systemic racism in our healthcare system and that we need to get these covid19 vaccines out to these disadvantaged black and brown people in order to uh fight this systemic racism okay yeah i entirely agree wait 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 hold on so i'm reading into this article I'm reading into this article. Of the 350,000 people who have registered online for the coronavirus clinical trial, 10% are black or Latino, according to Dr. So-and-so, executive director of operations for the COVID-19 Prevention Network. That is not nearly enough, as studies, uh, subjects, and trials are supposed to reflect the populations uh, that's affected. Research Wait. shows... Research that's affected shows or the U.S.? That, that's affected, because a 10% okay. is like about the same... Population Do blacks and Latinos of, of not black. trust the government for some reason? What's going hold, on? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on, this is the best part I was trying to get to. That's not nearly enough as studies, uh, 
as the study subjects and trials are supposed to reflect the population that's affected, research shows that more than half of the U.S. coronavirus cases have been among Black and Latino people. So we're looking at a 10% and over 50% meme again. No, Latinos. <laughs> yeah, Latinos no, no, remember though. Fauci said exactly 13 and 50 as well. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, they, they added Latinos in this, so it's like really like 50, it's like 45, 50 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like, yeah, no shit, guys. They don't trust the government, nor should they. They're more on board with uh, my line of thinking than uh, these dumb white city people that are like, oh, no, vaccines and are keep you safe and masks prevent viruses because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> okay. okay, shop for more financial incentives. That That is our COVID-19 vaccine update. Alright, so we are going to go over the Paul is Dead conspiracy now. This, I cannot believe you guys haven't heard of, but basically, here's the rundown. Uh, Beatles were basically the boy band of the 60s, obviously. Like, you all know the Beatles, and I don't have to explain too much, but they were boy band of the 60s. They, you know, eight days a week, I love you, and just like, I wanna hold your hand. Like, just all love songs, like, very, like, poppy boy band. That's what they were in the 60s. Then. Wait, uh, wait, hold on. Can we do karaoke sometime? (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) I I wanted to break out my sweet, my sweet Beatles voice. I'm I'm actually the real Paul McCartney. I don't know if you. There's (laughs) the real conspiracy. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But, so. they clone of Paul McCartney. Their boy band from uh, in the 60s, uh, 61 to 66, they did approximately 1,400 shows, something like that, in a six-year span. Um, so they did about 1,600 live shows. And then in, then in the, after 66, they stopped touring. And they, then they came out with, like, Sgt. Pepper uh, and all, like, the trippy like LSD type stuff and uh, Abbey, they came out with Abbey Road after that. Um, they had a few albums after this, after '66, after they stopped touring. How many shows? Uh, basically, they changed their entire look, entire sound completely. And the theory is that they actually had swapped Paul McCartney out with somebody, um, which the conspiracy theorists refer to as Fall, uh, fake Paul. So <laughs> I'll be referring to it as Paul and Fall from here on out, just so you guys know. That's that's so, almost clever by them, by the way. Yeah. So they, uh, how many times do you take a guess? How many times do they tour after the nineteen after nineteen sixty six when Paul McCartney allegedly either died or was swapped out? Like in the rest of their career. Yeah, um, for multiple albums. How many? How many times? Take a uh, couple albums. I would expect you know a couple dozen. hundred uh, live appearances. Three one dozen. total. One. one. Holy. They did one other live appearance. They did it on top of a uh, of their recording studio roof. Apple, I think Apple something was their like recording label in the UK, um, and they did it on the roof of that one one appearance. Uh, all you know that's when they had the long hair and the. The beards and shaggy look, all that look, they never re- performed looking like that except for that one concert. Um, they, you know, a lot of people think it's because he couldn't quite pull off being Paul McCartney. It'd be a little obvious um, if he had been swapped out. So 
I wanted to start with uh, look down here at some. This is old Paul McCartney, and this is 1966 Paul McCartney in this picture, and like 1968 Paul McCartney, the swapped out version. Now they look similar. The guy looks pretty close, but. Is that the same guy in those side by side? And we'll include these pictures, by the way. This is a good one to actually look the videos and the pictures on. Um, just the nature of conspiracy. I, I think out of the three pictures that you posted, the only one that is suspicious to me, like I, I looked through and I, I didn't even like consider like who was well, who no, in the band because I, I, oh, just just the top one, the black and white one, yeah, or the two black and whites. What are the other One's, two, then? Well, that's, I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay, there. because I looked at the other two, and I thought to myself, I was like, yes, that looks like a young version of this person and an old version of this person. On yeah, both of those. okay. I promise, don't ignore that picture for right now. Uh, okay. That's the point but, of those but two. The first, but the first one, the both, where they're both black and white, it... Are they the same guy? Uh... It, it looks like the guy on the right had some like facial reconstruction or like plastic, plastic surgery. surgery. Yeah, yeah, like a chin and to look or a little bit more like uh, Paul McCartney. If His he face looks a bit him. longer. It's yeah. Weird. Oh yeah, he does look a little bit longer. It's that's true. He is also a little bit bulkier than the old Paul McCartney. But let's go to former cu custodian of Paul McCartney's childhood house and go ahead and just play his video. This guy who just so happens to look like old Paul McCartney, just so happens to be the guy that takes care of his childhood home. What do you know? He's just been taking care of it for 30 years. What, Alfred's Batman? Sorry, oh, on. yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Exactly, <laughs> Alfred is Batman in this case. <laughs> just like, yeah, go ahead and play that, Bob. Let's let's hear from this guy. No, but it went on the blink a few months ago. So I haven't got any positive places. Got a letter from the TV license people reminding me from the TV license is due. <coughs> oh, I ignored it because I haven't got a tell. But then about a month later, I got an agent reminder. Well, that's name. You can pause this now because mostly what he's talking about doesn't really matter. But I want to post this video for the people listening because I want them to be able to see it and just really look at this fucking guy. It's it's Paul McCartney. Like, it just looks like it's Paul McCartney. Because now the two photos that you were talking about before, Bob, those are Paul McCartney, 1966 or before, and the groundskeeper of his home. Well, it looks potentially wait, wait, so, like his dad. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, uh, <laughs> it, depending on when he was groundskeeper, if it was like when he lived there, yeah. did he just uh, cuck Paul McCartney's supposed dad or something? No, <laughs> god damn it. You not start a goddamn... <laughs> <laughs> John Holiday is really Paul McCartney's real dad. Okay, I I, I don't know. I I don't know when this know. was videotaped. I don't like how old right. is, is this clip? Forget conspiracy theories. If I said this guy is this guy but older, you would just say yeah and not even question oh, it. With the side by sides here, uh, sure. Oh, uh. it's ridiculous. Now down lower to the pictures. His eye color just happened to change later in life, too. Did you know that? In some what? of his old pictures, his eye color looks a little hazel. 
sometimes. Mostly dark brown. Eye color listed as brown. Now, go down. There, there's a picture of Paul. Old Paul. Not fall. There's a picture of Paul. Then there's an album cover. They have all their eyes. All the different band members. And Paul. Uh, Paul's at the top with the brown eyes. And see how they kind of have a little bit of a hazel look, maybe? Like a lighter brown going through? Yeah. That? Now, look at Fall. Paul McCartney, we all know now that we've known since 1967 and on. Look at his eye color. Pretty fucking green. Wait, what? Like the, the second The last picture? two, the two old, the old fall and younger fall. There's eight, 1980s falls, the top one. And the bottom one is like now, current Paul McCartney. The, the current one, the eye color looks pretty similar to uh, the original Paul one. Doesn't look a little lighter to you? It looks slightly lighter, but the, the shades... What about the one above that? Does that look like it might yeah, be one his of, eye color? The one a little different. A little um, green? Sure. Quite um, green? I don't know. I, I feel like the, the contrast the in the picture that was taken could have... I don't know. If if he has like some hazel in his eyes too, or something, uh, some lighter tones in there, like there there can actually be a change or discrepancy of what his eye color looks like. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know if it's necessarily outside of those bounds, but I I do have to say that yeah, the top newer picture it does or the '80s one I think you said that it does look. It's very green. Yeah. Well, that's not like a home run or anything. It's just something to add to think about. His eye color has gotten significantly lighter in his older age. Um. From 1966 to 1980, his eye color got drastically lighter. So now let's go and play what the, like a good, this is a good explanation I found of what the conspiracy actually kind of entails. So go ahead and play the, uh, from, this is from a Paul is not dead, but they explain the conspiracy very well uh, by Polyphonic. In 1967, rumors started to stir that Paul McCartney had died in a car crash the year before. And there's actually some muddled truth to that. McCartney's Mini Cooper had been in a car accident in 67, only nobody in that accident died. Oh, and also Paul wasn't even driving it. Nevertheless, these rumors grew, but they were quickly shut down by Beatles magazines and lay dormant for two years. Then things started to stir once more in underground circles of college publications. Students began to notice something hidden in the Beatles song Revolution 9, released in the fall of the previous year. The song itself was a strange, cryptic sound collage, and when played backwards you could hear one phrase buried in it, Turn Me On Dead Man. What? <laughs> Between this and the rumors from a few years earlier, college students began to put two and two together. Paul McCartney was dead, and the Beatles were leaving cryptic messages to their fans to point them to the truth. These rumors went from college gossip to national news on October 12, 1969. That day, a university student named Tom Zarsky was calling into a show on WKNR-FM. He got the DJ to play Revolution 9 backwards, and the rumors exploded. Inspired by this secret message, Beatles fans all over the world went looking for hints, and if you're looking hard enough for hints of a conspiracy, you're gonna find them in unlikely places. Rumor has it that the end of Strawberry Fields Forever revealed another hint phrase, I buried Paul. And then there's- Okay. 
The, does uh, this mean the Beatles yeah. are officially satanic music if they have messages yeah, like yeah, backwards? Yeah, secret rock and roll messages. That's kind of the start of that, though. That they, they kind of like started doing that with the hidden messages and shit because that got super famous in '69. So then other bands were like, "Oh, that's cool. Let's play some messages." And when you play it backwards and you know shit like that, but um, play it for just a little bit longer. I just want to show you this one part, and then I want to show you Paul McCartney's amazing explanation of this. So this the is the album of Abbey Road. Some saw the four Beatles crossing the street as a kind of funeral procession. John was the preacher in white, Ringo the undertaker in black, and George the gravedigger. And even more damning, three of the Beatles were wearing shoes, but Paul McCartney was barefoot and out of stride with the rest. Then there's the clothes all, right, so all over. Start- That's okay. cool. So he's barefoot in that, which is, they, they just did it, and then in the, the Volkswagen, the white Volkswagen, um... I think the license plate is if if twenty eight like if you're if he was alive and if he was alive at the time they did that it would he would have been twenty eight like so Paul was twenty eight lame yeah so no big deal but that now go to Paul McCartney on Letterman explaining the Abbey Road uh, part of the Abbey Road conspiracy uh, explaining the conspiracy overall and I'll just show you like how dumb people's stories are sometimes in well, this but it it was peak hippie era so like. Barefoot in no situation, especially for the Beatles, uh, would I be surprised by? Now, go ahead. This is the, Sorry, the, play, play the, the worst, play the clip. worst way ever, yeah. Well, go ahead and play Archie Paul Pepper's on Lonely Letterman. Club. No, no, Paul on Letterman. Oh, Paul on Letterman. Okay. Yep. In the, uh, toward the end of the 60s, is that when the, uh, the, the rumors about you being dead surfaced? Do you remember that? Do you remember, yeah. remember how, how that started? What, what were your feelings about that? And what happened? Yeah, my feelings. Um... Yeah, no, what happened was we did a cover for a record called Abbey Road, and we... (laughs) Even the cover gets applause. Um, So, yeah, and the idea was to walk across the crossing, and I showed up that day with sandals, flip-flops, and so uh, it was so hot that I kicked them off and walked across barefooted. So this started some rumor that because he was... That doesn't make sense. So, how many times have you been like, man, it's so hot out here, I should walk on this asphalt barefooted? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. the fuck is he talking about? That's yeah. retarded. Yep, that, that doesn't make any sense. And he was wearing that, like, really nice blue suit with flip-flops. Oh, maybe maybe oh. the maybe the suit was an onset costume piece. It was the sixties, what seventies? But that know. other one doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? It was so hot that you decided to bake your feet on the asphalt that would burn the fuck out of them. Yeah, maybe he's telling a joke on Letterman. Oh my god! Yeah, that hilarious <laughs> Paul McCartney stand-up comedian, real meta there. <laughs> real fucking meta, Jesus. Uh. So, Another person that they caught the this this there's no proof to other than the fact that people slip up. Basically, uh, people claim that his real name, the guy that Paul, his real name is uh, Bill, Billy Shears, who allegedly had won some Beatles lookalike contest or something, and then they they replaced they replaced Paul or Paul with Billy Shears. And I, the biggest way that that name actually comes up is uh, it's in a song in Sergeant Pepper's. Uh, Lonely Hearts Band in that album. 
Paul McCartney introduces, he says, and for our lead singer, Billy Shears. But then Ringo sings the song. Uh, but they, you know, people think that's a hint. But what's, here's a weird one. George Harrison, one of the Beatles, his wife, uh, in this next one, uh, this next, just this little clip here, uh, I have where Olivia Harrison is talking to Paul McCartney, and she comes up to him and says, hello, Billy, and he's like, hello, but she calls him Billy. Like, clearly. Let's, let's, hear, let's hear the clip. Yeah. Uh, okay. What? It's lovely. No, excuse me, I've got to say hello to my friend. Hello. From the Associated Press, nonetheless. Uh, Hello, Billy. Hmm. Maybe huh. it was an inside like, joke. Oh yeah, no, that's what they do. They they take the conspiracy and then they do inside jokes uh, at a random meetup. These guys are so talented. They're really on their... Yeah, but he doesn't even blink. Just, hello, Billy. So, so what's the... What's, what's the... It's the just crux weird. Why would what, she what's call the, him Billy? No, I'm sorry. What's the crux of, like, this conspiracy? Like, when did he die? And when did he get replaced kind of thing? Late, late, uh, 66, after they stopped touring. Um, they, they, uh, they think it was a car accident. I don't even know if he's dead. Like... In my opinion, I think the groundskeeper is actually him, and he wanted out, and they didn't want to stop the machine of money that was the Beatles. Like, yeah. that is... So if he wants out, but they don't want to stop the giant money machine that they have, because it's the biggest band ever of all time, so they have to replace him with somebody. Are you saying that Lennon wanted out, and he did want to stop, stop the money machine, and that's why he got axed? You got, you know. No, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> you know, he Doing probably just pew got pew hand signs here. You know, it, probably somebody. <laughs> He's just a real shot he, he was talking. He started talking a lot of shit about uh, different things. Like he started getting real woke right at the end of his uh, life. Just putting that out there. Not that you know. John I'm Lennon. Not saying he was assassinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like real hippie playing ball, and then he started getting real kind of woke and red pilled right at the end. Pretty much right around the time he started having kids, believe it or not. But uh, with uh, Yoko, oh, but uh, yeah. So who knows what happened with Lennon? I, I just assume he got killed by somebody. I don't know if it was uh, you know an assassination, but I you know it might have been just a crazy dude who killed him. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so yeah, that that's the whole. That would be the reason why. Like that, that's a pretty decent motivation. If I can see that, yeah. And then the guy that's groundskeeping for Paul McCartney just happens to be his identical twin, <laughs> about the same age. Like I, are, I would also, you... I would also believe that the groundskeeper knocked up his mom. You know what I mean? Yes. Sure. I don't know how long he was working there. We should. Look into that. You would have to look bad. at the, the chronological order of everything that 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 happened. How old the grounds? You know what though? And, I'm and glad you like guys that. came up with that ex- that that fucking new one. Well, no, he's like the same age though. Oh, is that what okay. knocks it out? Yeah, that was a recent video of him. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Here's another cryptic 
thing that happened on the news. Heather Mills, Paul McCartney, or Paul McCartney's ex-wife, she might not have even known that he was not actually Paul McCartney because she did an insane, and forgive a little bit the, the editing that the guy did. He added spooky music to the, I hate when they do that, by the way. They show an interview and they add spooky music. Yeah. It drives me insane. But but play the Heather Mills uh, talking to the news here. Something so awful happened. Um, it's someone I'd loved for a long time. I found out. Wait, is the echo a part of the editing here? I think so. Yep. It's it's bad, but I couldn't find it. On, okay. I couldn't find this interview anywhere. Or I would have just played the regular interview. Yeah, but you cut out the echo. Yeah. Oh, had betrayed me and this guy's out of And I don't mean infidelity or anything like that. Like, beyond belief. So somebody betrayed you, and of course everyone here is going to believe that that's Paul McCartney in a way, not infidelity. So it's Paul. But I, I've got to protect myself. I have to protect myself. People don't want to know what the truth is because they could never, ever handle it. They would be too devastated. What is she even talking about? What the fuck? Oh, she might just so be out Paul, of her mind, but it's there. another thing to add to it that's a little, a little weird. Somebody very close to me, uh, and then she confirms it's Paul later. Somebody very close to me betrayed me and it's not infidelity or anything like that it's so much more mind-blowing and then the public is not able to handle the truth if they knew the truth it would break their hearts yeah the fuck is she talking about like that's that's fall mccartney's act. <laughs> <laughs> she thought she married a rock star and must have found out that he was just some dickhead that you know jumped in in 67 never even toured with him I uh, did one one concert that there's like one two minute video of, yeah, of one of their songs, huh? On a rooftop in 1969. See, that is what's making me a bit suspicious there, because she's like, I need to protect myself. It's like unless she's gonna get fucking assassinated by like you know wh- whatever the CIA version of of the British government is, like, <laughs> and the media right after that, just there was a huge attack about what a psycho she is. Like, oh, all, okay. right after that, it was just psycho. She's a psycho. All these stories coming out of different crazy shit she did. She might yeah, just she, be crazy, but it's a weird that there's a media blitz after she says something like that. Well, she got the um, uh, Dave Chappelle treatment out of the media, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always find that to be highly suspicious because, like, Dave Chappelle, like, talked about all, like, the weird shit that happened to him once he, like, declined the deal from Comedy Central and, like, Talked about how they were going to, like, destroy his entire career, get him off of everything and everything like that. And it's like, well, if you look back at something like this, this specific situation, it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, that makes sense. And then sense. he comes back, and then Chappelle comes back and does a uh, Black Floyd uh, stand-up special with a bunch of masks and social distancing and called 846. And it's like, gee, what deal did you have to make, Dave? Was it exactly like you said it was when you left, and now you had to make a deal to come back and get your big Netflix check? Oh, mm. boy. He, he came out with a new special? I wonder. Yeah, it's called 846. The how, how is it? 
it's not even funny. It's just him doing a talk about racism, basically. It's not even really a comedy show. Yay. It's brutal. That's very strange. Okay. So, yeah, like, but that's how that operates. You got to do what they tell you. But, um, so then let's see. Where are we going from there? Oh, just, the, I don't know where Owen got this clip from, but he has a clip where somebody did the transpose of the old Paul over the uh, old Paul and young Paul with this groundskeeper. And just yeah. play this real quick from 440 to 450. I would love people to see this one. Look, that's Paul McCartney. I don't want to get hit for a copyright strike. <laughs> that's good. It's it's I'll, fucking I Paul McCartney. Some space to change more than that over the years. Yeah, they they transmog like, his face over the old one and transition back and forth there. Yeah, that that's a little. And it doesn't look like it changed at all. Like it's the same guy. It's just old. It looks like he went through the old man Instagram filter. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the unbelievable thing. Is people's faces change more than that over the years. Oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. Okay. His yeah, his face changed a lot more from 1966 to 1967 than it did from 66 to uh, groundskeeper days in uh, 2000. Yeah, maybe it's just some like HGH or something. Well, the they didn't have that the, back then today. The other steroids. The eye droop is what's getting me because it's exact. It, it, it's exact, but also at the same time, there there are like facial reconstruction surgeries that get rid of that. In fact, I know people who have gotten those eye surgeries to get rid of that little eye droop that where like the the skin flap falls over like the the eye lid essentially. Well, at the why are you assuming this old man would get one? Uh, no, well, not old, but it seemed like he got it very young, is what I'm assuming, right? But got what? The 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 surgery? the surgery for his eye. That's no, that's fall. Fall's the one that looked surgery wise. No, but like this, what these pictures of Paul McCartney when he's old here, right? The the one I'm looking at. Yeah, I, at, I see what Bob means. The the one where it's like him in front of like a an award like a red carpet event kind of thing. The that's the one not that him. you were in that in the video that's up right now. That's George Harrison. Uh no, I'm not talking about the video. I'm talking about the one in Discord. The the one regarding. I want the, the pictures eyes. in the chat. Okay. Are you talking about fall or or? I don't fall? fucking know. I don't know which one you think is which. So any of if it's post nineteen sixty six and it's not the ground. The this one is like modern. It's an old fucking man, and he has no eye droop. Yeah, because right. he's not the real Paul McCartney. Okay, but no, what uh, I'm saying Bob is, is saying that, that people get surgery for that plastic yeah, surgery. Did. I've no, I've I know boomers who have gotten that specifically because they, oh. they their eyesight starts going bad because of the eye F droop thing. F fine, but if he didn't, if the real Paul McCartney didn't get eye surgery at all, he just looked like that groundskeeper exactly. Yeah, because in, in the black and white back and forth with the original Paul, there he has a really bad eye droop in his right eye there, right. And his, yeah. eye, his eyebrows are completely different. His eyebrows? I didn't even notice that. Well, yeah, his eyebrows are completely different in the black and white photos. Wait, are they? Oh, completely. I don't know. He's a different expression on his face. It's hard to tell with the, the bangs, too, in my opinion. Maybe, yeah. 
Okay. Anyway. I mean, the guy in the right, the Paul McCartney in the right, has more different eyebrows, in my opinion, in that one side-by-side, where it's him in 1966 and him in 1967. Yeah, it looks like he had his eyebrows plucked. They're way too thin compared to the, the, the older... They're thin brother. and they're high, too. They're yeah. like... Are, like but, he had a facelift. Like Josh said, it might be a facial expression. He might, you know, be raising his eyebrows like, eh. which also would might get rid of like the eye droop a little bit. Um. So yeah, that is uh, that is mostly the uh, conspiracy. But here's George Harrison. Uh, just uh, when he accepted uh, the Beatles into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Paul McCartney didn't bother to show up, and then just listen to what George Harrison's uh, speech. And he just, he calls, he refers to Paul and John Lennon, both in the past tense. It's, uh, it's unfortunate Paul's not here because he was the one who had the speech in his pocket. And why didn't they play uh, Octopus's Garden? We'll talk about that later. Anyway... We all know why John can't be here, and I'm sure he would be, and it's hard really to stand here supposedly representing the Beatles. Uh, it's what's left, I'm afraid. But um, we all loved him so much, and we all loved Paul very much. Huh. That is a little weird that he made a, made a point to point out, hey, we all love love or loved Alfred was a yeah we all love this dead guy and we also love this other guy that's still alive (laughs) still alive yeah yeah you use past tense because he didn't show up to the award show like and Al teary-eyed right after you talked about John Lennon yeah that's it's weird like it's it's not this isn't crazy to think that they switched them out there's a huge motivation to do it um and uh yeah, that's that's the whole conspiracy in a nutshell, right there. I mean, that they swapped him out with somebody else, whether he wanted out or he died in a car crash. I think it's the, I think it's honestly, it's the groundskeeper. Look at that fucking guy. Or it's his illegitimate dad, who's also the same age as him. But I really doubt that. I, I would have to look into the to the secret age thing. brother. Yeah, or secret brother. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> secret brother. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally you know, it's, that. it's their, both their childhood homes. The good part about him having a secret brother conspiracy and secret dad stuff that you guys are telling me is that you at least are admitting in a roundabout way that he looks fucking exactly like Paul McCartney. He does, yeah. He he definitely yeah, the does. Young Paul McCartney, yeah. The <laughs> um, other question I'm wondering about uh, with this is what's the the consequence if this is true? How does this affect like the world and music and uh, whatever? If uh, Fall McCartney is in fact the case, um, probably not. Yeah. So the biggest thing, conspiracy-wise, with um, with musicians is more like who's promoting them. It's never. God, my train of thought's so fucking. Well, it, it's the media industry that that is sitting here like propping these people up, making them famous and stuff like that. And if they don't toe the line, if they're not sitting there. Repping themselves at the Democrat National Convention, they're kind of they're kind of eighty six, you know. Yeah, if you're like the Tavistock Institution or the Rockefeller Group, and you're trying to like push culture in a direction, you use 
pop culture, you just create the pop culture you want to push people in the direction that you want. That would be the implication of it. And the fact that they, it, it's all manufactured. This isn't legitimate. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a revenue stream and it's just a cultural guidance system for whoever is in control of that, you know, that realm. Are, are you suggesting that the, uh, the hippie drugs, peace and love movement in the, uh, late 1960s and the 1970s uh, was not in fact a, uh, a natural yeah, grassroots reaction to the U.S.'s misguided involvement in the Vietnam War, but uh, rather a media manipulation in order to promote certain values? Not media per se, but people that control more than their own share above the media. Yeah, totally. Most of those movements aren't grassroots. I wouldn't even say like pushing values. It's more of keeping the paycheck rolling, you know, keeping that money train, well, you know. That's part of it. Cause it's like I said, like I don't believe in like this one single cabal that has like this evil grand master plan that sprawls out, but there's like a bunch of evil cabals that all have their own <laughs> weird plans that work in different ways. Like, so you have one group that wants to push this cultural narrative, then you have all these other groups that jump on to try to cash in on it. So then it's easy to connect the dot and go, oh, well, they're just trying to make money, the end. But there are people that are trying that don't care about money because they have all of it. They're trying to push, like, culture in a way to keep control and to conglomerate power and, like, all, you know, New World Order shit, like, where people actually want, like, a one-world government and stuff. And the best way to do it is to break down, how do you break down traditional family values or break down families you just promote kind of a a step-by-step -step, uh degradation of all kind of values through pop culture i mean drugs, we, sex, we went from and rock and roll yeah we went from drug experimentation in the late 60s or mid mid to late 60s and 70s into uh so they take the most popular boy band in on the planet and then turn them into a drug pushing band after uh groundskeeper paul fucking heads home and then now we have twerking 12-year-olds on Netflix. So, like, at some point, the slippery slope fallacy doesn't really... It stops becoming a fallacy. That's how they do that shit. It could just be naturally... The argument is that naturally the Overton window keeps getting pushed. And, you know, that's a natural cycle. But I think it's mostly on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. The Beatles caused cuties. I I'm gonna... Well, especially... <laughs> Well, especially because it's not a natural, it's not a natural process if they have to censor the things that pull, that pull from that. So, like, if you're pulling away from, like, you know, the degeneracy in media, if you're, if you're adverse to that, you are actually actively censored so that they can keep pushing it. That's why I think it's more of a plan than it is just a natural progression. If that makes any sense to you. Yeah, no, uh, I actually, so I think I buy into this. I, I think the groundskeeper is the actual Paul McCartney. You actually, uh, nice. Yeah, after All the right, presentation, I got Bob on one of them. After the presentation, I think the groundskeeper is Paul McCartney. I think that's really <laughs> funny. Um, and, and the fact that he's probably just like living like a, a nice, quiet life in like a nice little like house up in like the country of like the UK and just living like a great little peaceful life. And he's probably getting like, a big ass paycheck from someone. And he's just, yeah. Well, they, they might've come to him in 66 and we're like, Hey, here's a bunch of songs you're going to write about LSD, uh, Lucy and the sky with diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to get long hair and a beard. 
and you're going to just talk about doing drugs for the next decade. And it's like, and he's like, I, I don't want to do that. And they're like, all right, well, we'll have to replace you, though, and now your name's John Holiday. Like, uh, <laughs> shit, all right. That, those are your two choices. Like, that, I think that's kind of how some of the stuff works. It's not out of the realm of possibility at all. And the Paul McCartney that everyone thinks is Paul McCartney now doesn't look shit like. Well, you know, he looks kind of like the old Paul, but not. Not, not, not nearly. Yeah, not nearly as much as the groundskeeper would. Yeah. Definitely. And just in a year from 66 to 67, it looks like he got a bunch of plastic surgery. Like, how much plastic surgery was around in 67, to be honest? No and idea. No idea. He would have access to it, though. He's exactly. Paul McCartney. Filthy, filthy but, fucking rich. And especially the birth of glam rock. Especially a small little factoid about like the Beatles too. They moved their music industry into Ireland because they they paid such little, uh, like so much less in taxes over there. So, yes. <laughs> you know, he's just you know money grubbing. Oh man, it's funny. All right, I'm totally down, no, Josh. I'll what do you think? I, I don't. Bl- uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't believe it because I think there are enough uncertainties um, that it's not. I think it's very possible either way. And so I'm not going to make some. It's uh, about it's, it's about a conspiracy about a, a, a shitty band member from a shitty band from the '60s, like buying yeah, into it's it. Not literally nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so like, there's, I don't lose anything by not buying into it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, a shitty band that's probably the most influential band in history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah the Beatles. I mean, the Beatles. The Beatles and Disney ruined multiple generations of. Of people, but mostly women. Uh, I'll leave it at that. True <laughs> that. Oh, I want. Uh, we should go out on. Um, actually, there's two. So- Can we just play one song clip for you too? Because this is a song right after the alleged car crash, and they said they wrote it about some guy who was a uh, the the heir to the Guinness beer family. Yes, died uh, in a car crash. Which link is this? Chris? It's uh, Day in the Life. I just want to play that one verse from Day in the Life. All right. Coming right up at your command. Okay. He blew his mind out in a car. He didn't notice that the lights had changed. A crowd of people stood and stared. They'd seen his face before. Nobody was really sure if he was from the house of I saw Okay. So now I really he blew it. his mind out. <laughs> now I really He blew it. his mind out in a car. He hadn't noticed that the light had changed. Yeah. A crowd of people stood and stared. They'd seen his face before, didn't know if he was from the House of Lords. So they, they were like, he's famous. What did I feel like I've seen that guy before and he Dead in a car crash, and they said it's the the heir to the Guinness uh, the Guinness beer family, Tara something or other. Yeah, but. that's a uh, dude. I, I totally buy into this now. I totally buy into it. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> but that's like one of their next songs they ever did on their next album, post sixty six, when they stopped touring. That's yeah. on that album. Okay, that's huh. funny. That's really that's fucking they funny. They stopped touring. They didn't tour at all after they were a boy band. All the hippie shit that they did, all the really good ballads, they never performed those live. Yeah. Except for that one concert where they did four songs on a roof. And Jesus. one of them was filmed. 
Holy fuck. All right. And with that, Josh, you're still not sold? That's that's a bit more convincing. If, uh, if I hear oh my God, one lyric. If I hear <laughs> one lyric. backwards clips and st- uh, weird, creepy, suggestive lyrics like that, then um, uh, I may be convinced yet. All right. Then we should... Uh, Thank you for listening, guys. Next week, I will have... Uh, I was planning on having a little surprise for you guys, but uh, somebody hacked my Hulu account and uh, and charged, like, $120 worth of shit to it, and I had to get that canceled, but then my bank went real proactive and canceled my card, and they're not open till Monday. So I was going to get us a voicemail so we can have some voicemail calls and have that all set up for us. But that will unfortunately not be set up until next week because some asshole scammed my Hulu account and froze my bank account So for a couple days. But yeah, we will have voicemail soon so that we can uh, you know, get some fan interaction. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please don't kill yourselves. Oh, and here, let's play out on this real quick because uh, the Beatles are awesome and you're out of your mind. If you <laughs> this is just a John Lennon song. It's not even, this is post- Break a band breakup, but it's my. I love this song just because uh, I don't know, I just love it. But thanks for listening, guys. Have a good night. People say I'm crazy doing what I'm doing. Well, they give me all kinds of warnings To save me from ruin When I say that I'm okay Well, they look at me kind of strange Surely you're not happy now You no longer play the game People say I'm lazy Advice designed to enlighten me. When I tell that I'm doing fine, watching shadows on the wall. Don't you miss the big time, boy? You're no longer on the ball. I'm just sitting here watching the wheels. Round and round